Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. We're based out of Shelton, Washington, and we're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Faith is a beloved, inclusive community. We're striving to grow closer to and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. And I want to thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Let me begin by asking you a question. How many gods do you worship? Do you worship Zeus or Baal or Thor or Ganesh? No? Well, how about these gods? Money, health, family, self-esteem. You see, a god is anything that we put our trust in, anything, anyone that we trust or love or fear above other things. 16th century theologian Martin Luther put it this way, A god is that to which we look for all good and in which we find refuge in every time of need. He says that to which your heart clings and entrusts itself is really your God. So let me ask you again, how many gods do you have? You see, today we're beginning a series on the Ten Commandments, and the very first commandment has to do with gods and idols and graven images. And this very much applies to our life today. So please open your Bible to the Old Testament, to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. By the end of this podcast, I hope that you'll know the first commandment by heart and that you'll understand both God's command, what's expected of you, and God's promise, what God has already done for you. I'll leave you with three takeaways to apply this commandment to your daily life, including, I hope, some good stuff for your family to talk about in your home huddles. Are you ready? Let's begin with reading the first commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, and then from the small catechism of Martin Luther. So first, a reading from Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them and worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Here ends the reading. And then from the small catechism, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods. What does this mean? It means that we are to fear, love, and trust God above all things. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The first commandment is this. I am Yahweh your God, you shall have no other gods before me. Now, I should note that some traditions separate out this commandment into two. They distinguish between gods and graven images. Our tradition happens to lump gods and idols and graven images all into one. 
How you number them is not really the issue. How you understand the commandments and do them, well, that's where the action is. And so that's what we're going to focus on. And rule number one is about God. God appears to Moses on Mount Sinai, and God says, Hello again, my name is Yahweh. I'll be your God and you'll be my people. You can call me the Lord if you want to. And yes, I am that Yahweh, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the God of your ancestors, Sarah and Abraham, Isaac and Rebekah, Rachel, Leah, and Jacob. I'm the one who heard your cries and saw you under the yoke of slavery. I revealed myself to Moses in the burning bush, led you out from under Pharaoh's control, parted the Red Sea, and now here in the wilderness, while I've got your attention, I have a few rules for your life together under my provision. And the first is this, you shall have no other gods before me. Any questions so far? What's that? You in the back. Oh, you'd like me to elaborate. Well, okay, sure. For instance, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. What's that? A follow-up question? You're wondering what's the harm in a little bit of idolatry every now and again? Well, here's the thing, you see. I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God. I punish children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But I show love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Ooh, I see that makes you a little uncomfortable. Well, let me put it this way. Since I am the Lord your God, well... I'm a rather protective and loyal sort. Fidelity, faithfulness, that's kind of a thing for me. So the reality of the situation is that even a teensy bit of idolatry and time spent fawning over other gods, it's adulterous, it's heartbreaking, it's rude, and maybe most important, It's bad for you, and it will lead you right back into the systems of slavery and oppression that I just freed you from. And trust me, the kind of self-inflicted damage you will do when you commit idolatry, it takes generations to get that out of your family system. But here again is the good news, that when you and I are lined up, when we're on the same page, When the commandments, like this one, become a part of your collective DNA, then everybody wins. You have freedom. Your family has freedom. The whole world understands what freedom is, and that works for like a gazillion generations. I am the Lord your God. What do you say? Now, we're talking about gods and graven images and idols. It might feel kind of weird or archaic to use these terms, but as I say, they're very much still in play. Everyone worships something or someone. And these are all terms for who or what become the object of our worship. A God is whatever or whoever you most fear, love, and trust. Images and idols, graven images, These are our attempts to put God into a box, 
or to create God in our image, or substituting a lesser thing for the main thing, substituting the gift for the giver. And so you have images and idols, uh, a flag, a happy family, a white Jesus, a strong nation, a successful church, being a good person. Do you see how all these can become God's images, idols, that turn us away from the worship of the one true God. See, and that's a problem. Because when we don't fear, love, and trust God above all else, then we end up fearing, loving, and trusting lesser things and lesser people and causes and ideas which aren't bad, but which will invariably disappoint us. They'll hurt us, enslave us. Or in some cases they'll lead us to disappoint or hurt or enslave others. Human attempts to describe or encapsulate or or personify God always come up short. God knows this, so God reveals God's self to the world through the law, through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, first, God gives us the law, these Ten Commandments. They teach us the values, the behaviors, the principles of God. These are not simply rules that say that God says, hey, you have to follow these rules. They're not arbitrary. These rules, these commandments, reflect the very nature of God. God commands us to do these things because this is what God does. When we see these commandments, we see the activity of God. The commandments show us the Father, and the more that we adopt and internalize and practice the commandments, the more we are in alignment with God, the more that we can see and hear and experience God more clearly. But left to our own, the law is overwhelming, and it becomes arbitrary, and so God sends the Son, Jesus, and Jesus is the exact representation of God, it says in the Bible. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the one who came to show us the Father, to help us see God and understand what true obedience to the law is. In one place, Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so think about that. Jesus fulfills the law. So the more that we look like and act like Jesus, the more we are obeying the commandments. And that means that we're living the life of freedom to which, for which we were made. And that means that we're more and more aligned with God and with God's purposes. So God gives us the commands and then God gives us Jesus to show us the way. But the flesh is weak, right? We're in bondage to sin and, and so it feels like we can't help but create graven images and idols. We need help. We need supernatural help. We need the Holy Spirit the spirit that empowered Jesus to fulfill the law. And so Jesus says this in John chapter 16. He says, I have more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But the advocate, the spirit of truth will come and will guide you into all the truth. So God gives us God's spirit, the spirit that intercedes for us, that animates our obedience, that creates in us a longing to know God It gives us a conscience to catch us when we stray. So God 
We don't need idols because God has given us the law, the living truth, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to reveal who God truly is. So this command tells us about God. It also tells us how to be human. Maybe the most important teaching concept of the small catechism is that the commandments are meant to draw us toward God, not away from God. You see, we miss the point when we treat the commandments as a sort of bare minimum, as though the purpose of life was to get away with doing as little as possible, staying under God's radar and avoiding God's punishment. Theologian Richard Rohr observes that we are not so much punished for our sins, but rather by our sins. And so the small catechism teaches us that the first commandment is not merely about avoiding idolatry. It reminds us that the Christian life is about going all in to fear, love, and trust God above everything else. This commandment invites us to lean into the love and mercy of God. This is hard. The commandments, they're kind of like a mirror in a bright, unflattering light that you're in a, you know, a target or something like that. You look at, at what you're wearing and, and, and you see all the flaws. Well, that's what the commandments are, do as well. The Holy Spirit uses the law to expose our sins, all the idols and images and gods that enslave us, that occupy our shelves and our thoughts and our social media pages. This truth is hard to face, but it is the truth that sets us free. Jesus says he's the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the spitting image of God, the God who's always setting people free. So when we are exposed, when, we, when our sins are revealed, then we're invited to lean into it and to fall to the feet of Jesus, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. (laughs) And it's in that moment that the Holy Spirit moves again and points us toward the love relationship with God that is real and personal, the God who forgives sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness, the God who creates a clean heart in us and renews a right spirit within us to trust, love, and fear God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, growing more like and closer to Jesus, this is the purpose of the commandments. Let me share just a few takeaways with you. First, uh, for your home, for your household. Pastor Brenda reminded us last week about the Faith Five practice, that practice of sharing, reading, talking, praying, and blessing together. So use this pattern in your household every night this week and read the first commandment, either in the Bible or in the small catechism, and and have a conversation about idols and gods and images in our lives, who we fear, love, and trust most of all, and why. Maybe your prayers for each other will be for helping each other put away false gods and idols that have had control over them. Let's expand our capacity and our vocabulary for spiritual conversation. Second, as a nation, we have to repent 
of our American idols. For the love of God, can we please stop with all the flags and hats and bumper stickers? Can we stop defending statues of Confederate generals? Can we quit worshiping America or the flag or a certain former president? And for that matter, can we quit demonizing or obsessing over a certain former president? God is not Republican. God is not American. God is not white. God is not male. And the only conspiracy that God is interested in is the divine one in which the Father, Son, and Spirit conspire to reconcile all things to God through the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen. See, the rest of it, the rest of it is all idolatry. Attempt to put God into a box, to make God into our image and likeness, or to put our fear, our love, and our trust in lesser things. For freedom, Christ has set us free, the Bible tells us, and then warns us, do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back to a life under Pharaoh. And then third, as a church family, people of faith, we need to lean into these commandments and we need to do it together. We need each other for encouragement, for accountability, to set examples for one another and to show compassion. I'll always be grateful to a fellow named Jim Halbein. He was in a small group with me years ago. One night in our meeting, I confessed to him and the others in the group that I was in conflict with our senior pastor. Jim, an older fellow, looked at me. He smiled and said, you know what, Pastor Doug? It's nice to know that sometimes pastors have problems at work too. (laughs) I needed to hear that. We need each other. Church, my commitment to you is that during this uh, sermon series, I'm going to be bringing you sermons and podcasts that are going to get in your face to shine the light of God's law more brightly into the shadow places of your heart and life in my heart and life. The commandments were given to us to to reveal God and to get under our skin. So over the next few weeks, if I'm not making you think or angry or uncomfortable, then I'm not doing my job because I'm not letting the commandments do their job. So folks, how many gods do you have? The good news is that the God of the Bible, the God of Jesus, the the God who sets people free from slavery and rescues them from sin, that God has claimed you as God's very own. God has given you the law, the Holy Spirit, Jesus to show you the way and the truth, to set you free from idols and false gods that enslave and free for obedience that brings life and freedom. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank you for listening to the Will Preach for Food podcast today. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any other way you listen to podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook or check out our YouTube channel for great worship resources. 
We have more by heart and small catechism resources for you at the church and at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Go to the by heart page. I want to thank Chaz and Emily for their production work as they do every week. And people of faith, every time I think of you, I thank my God. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and grant you peace. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mm -hmm.